Hello, I'm Jennifer Lopez, and welcome to Fur What It's Worth. <laughs> An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. It's with great sadness that we announce the end of an era. No more Doritos Locos Tacos jokes after hearing some of the tasty humor. Don't worry though, we still have those two tacos loving fools. Select your hero. Roo and Togs. Finish him. I love the tacos and the burritos and the Doritos Locos Tacos. And welcome, it's season seven, episode 10. Yay, it's video games, video games, video games in the fandom. There you go. V. And this is Rue speaking to you, and this is Tugs. Hello. Say hello, Tugs. How is everybody? Good, Yay, Tugs said something. <laughs> <laughs> I can do English. You can speak things. English. So, Mr. Tugs, mm-hmm. what have you been up to? I have been up to hosting poker. I think it went very, very well. I'm trying to spin up a social life here. I have, I purchased a, a nice, I think I told this last episode, a nice table, but we finally got a packet full of people. It worked out well. And, what? oh, I, I have upgraded my drone. I don't have a Phantom 3 4K anymore. Uh, I've upgraded to the DJI Mavic Air, so it hasn't gone on its maiden flight due to bad weather, but I'm looking forward to getting some beautiful nature shots. So do they have um, flight areas um, that you can go in Seattle? Well, so... Or do they have no-no zones, just kind of like how they had in Salt Lake? They do have no-fly zones. There's a lot more no-fly zones out here, though, compared to Salt Lake, because the default rule is, I think it's 400 feet high. Uh, that's an FAA rule. And then not within five miles of an airport. Yeah, five miles within an airport's uh, control tower is a no-no, unless you get permission, and then you can go up to two and a half miles. And... Uh, out here, it's no city parks except designated ones. Um, the same airport and height rules apply, and um, the state parks also require a permit. So it it is possible. Uh, Have you ever thought about getting into competitive um, drone racing? Um. Yeah, and. If you've got the kind of money to like, oops, I just broke the arm off my drone from flying 40 miles an hour. Good for you. I'm not one of those people. I, I Drones aren't cheap. Like good drones that you can qua- ca- capture quality footage with, they're not cheap. So I'm not interested in, in risking it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I've seen the ones that they use in those tournaments and they have like a VR headset and everything like that. Oh yeah, this works with with the VR headset. They do make the make it for this one. Um, maybe oh, I'll awesome. do it, but I'm also worried I'll get a little motion sick. Yeah, no, I, I know you have a motion sickness problem. I think that you would you would really have a hard time. In fact, over the weekend, I actually had an opportunity to play um, Portal 2 over VR and... <laughs> How was it? There are some sections that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. Oh, yeah, no, no. That, no, no, oh, no, I have no money. No, I, I couldn't, I can't do that. Well, what else have you been up to? Not a whole, a whole lot. Uh, I like, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listened to our last episode. Uh, it, was a, it was a bit of an experiment for us. We, we did a little bit of a narrative style episode. 
Um, but the response for those of you who made it through the episode, because it was intense, uh, was pretty positive. People appreciated it. Uh, we might do more episodes in that style with the story versus us just doing the interview format. You know, the last time that we did one like that was my first fursuit. That was a long time ago. I guess you're right, huh? Yeah. Like, since then, Hayrider has, like, I, I, I don't know, he only still has that one suit, but that's, uh, you know, he goes and wears it to different places and... I don't know. He just, but he kind of fell out of it. Anyways, what did you that's think of the episode? The point. We don't need to really talk about him too much, but there's a little update. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the episode? I loved it. It was great, um, especially with the tone of the episode. We kind of needed to to change the format to be able to fit the tone. So I thought it was perfect. Did you cry? I, uh, you know, it's really hard to cry when you're like exercising and listening to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you have machines going around and all the men that are around you going, ooh, ooh, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, Oh, that's um, that's terrible. You know, I just don't know why people have to make all those noises when they go to the Well, gym. I mean, I, come on, you've grunted when you're taking a shit, so I guess it makes some sense. Uh, well, you grunt when you have sex type thing, you know. I, I don't. I'm quiet like a library. Oh, is that what it is? No, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, anywho, so that's what I've been up to is I've been exercising, um, trying to lower my intake, although I just ate a great big bag of Dicks. sugary um, substances before I came here. Good job. <laughs> Actually, I know. I, I, I'd want to get the latest on, on the tumor update. I know that you've been you've been having some struggle. Yeah, no, I've been having some some struggle with it. I, I think I already gave the update on it, but well, there's um, been some developments, me... though. You know, like even just like the other day we were talking and you were just having a hard time because of all the shit going on, right? Yeah, I just yeah, I had a mental break. <laughs> well, no, no, and, and that happens once in a while. You have all these different hormones and these new ones that are being introduced, and it's just like, oh my gosh. And I'm not trying to it's... have you reveal like super sensitive stuff. It's just some people people got to understand that like when you're replacing chemicals and hormones that your body hasn't historically had, you're going to get a little moody, and it's hard to admit that, but it's okay to admit it, right? It happens to everybody. It, I have my menzies. <laughs> I, you know what? No bullshit though. To all the ladies out there, men get IMS. We aren't. We get irritable male syndrome, but it's not as frequent. So, like for me, it's like once a quarter. I'm just a bitch for a week. Like I can feel my blood get hot, and then I'm fine again. No, it's a thing. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah, it's so. So you can, t you know, don't use it as an excuse to like tell your guy he's a dick, but. Maybe he no. is. Maybe he is. Maybe he's having his menzies. Don't call them menzies. Who calls them menzies? Ah, <laughs> uh, anywho. So my update is is that they were going to. Um, they want me to take growth hormones, and in taking growth hormones, um, it's about um, without insurance. It, it's about a thousand dollars a month. Wow. Um, it is a lot of money, and then with insurance, it's five hundred dollars a month. So wait, how much? With insurance, it's five hundred dollars a month. What a deal! I know it's. I still can't afford that, but I've been able to apply for uh, a pharmacy program in which uh, I mean, and basically how pharmacy sets it up is that you know they would rather have the the stuff out there and they would rather be making money than people not being able to afford it and not taking it at all. 
Right. So um, they have these little dills or whatever that you can get on, and it's not going to cost me. I think it's only going to cost me like $20 a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. But that's what that that's what my update is. Uh, what I actually wanted to talk about real quick is I've been watching this brand new series on um, Netflix. Man, that's what I feel like that my updates are nowadays. I just watch a lot of TV. But I have been watching this one called Remind. And Remind you... Um, well, Remind you. Ha, ha, ha. Anyways, um, Remind is about these schoolgirls. And this is where everybody's going to be like, ooh, ruse into the, all the kinky stuff. But Everyone anyways, knew that these, already. Um, schoolgirls are tied to a chair um, by their legs. And um, <laughs> you're right. I'm automatically there. <laughs> I'm like, and and when is the whip coming out? When is the when is Daddy showing up? Come on. But anyways, they they end up um, having to remember things that they've done in their school year, and um, they have done some pretty terrible things. And and there's a reason why they're being basically like punished. Um, None of this sounds unkinky yet. None of it. You're being punished. <laughs> well, but what happens is people remember certain things that they've done and apologize for it. They disappear one by one. And so most of the, the whole entire show is just a whole bunch of teenage girls just sitting around a, a dinner table um, with their you know, feet locked to the ground. All right, let me so. see if I could describe this in a not kinky way. So what it is, is I want to make sure I understand. So it's a show where where schoolgirls who have wronged people are forced into a chair they're bound to it and have to relive their guilt and apologize for it yes see how unsexy that sounded <laughs> but it's a mystery because you know you're trying to figure out well you know um kind of what what's going on right but um, it, you have to remember it is Japanese, so you get a kind of a Japanese ending. Japanese is that like Easy Japan? That's Japanese. <laughs> but anyways, that's what I've been up to. All right. Well, do you have a cookie? I do, Tuck. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. So in my cookie today, we have courage is the mastery of fear, not the absence of fear in bed with a cookie. Ooh, why are you getting so deep? Let's go back to the dick cookies. (laughs) Like that one that you had to eat? Because it was so bad, I don't even remember what it was. Oh, no, I know which one. And yeah, yeah. Like, those are funny. This is all like, oh, yeah, that's so true and deep. Totally ruins the vibe. Well, we just have to get some more, like, dickish ones off the internet. (laughs) We do. Okay, let's go to the main episode. So, Rue wasn't able to be there for the interview, but I did sit down with T, and we talked about video games in the fandom, and we talked about everything from Let's Plays, we touched on Klonoa briefly in an email, we got tons and tons of those, so stick around, and after potty break, we'll be back with video games in the fandom. (laughs) 
that's how we start off with the screen. Is that worms? It is worms. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, it sounds like worms. It's uh, Mario Paint. It's oh, when the I hand gets that. stung. I do remember that. Yeah. It's good times. Well, this is the middle part of the episode, or the main part, depending on how you want to look at it. After Potty Break, where Rue is not with us uh, due to scheduling conflicts. Well, I miss him terribly right now, and I'm barely going to make it. Barely. But instead, I am stuck with a guest, stuck so horribly with an old friend who loves to eat fresh McRibs. Oh, oh! <laughs> and former host of a former segment. It's T. He's back, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Why are you talking like Fat Albert? <laughs> oh, is that Fat Albert? <laughs> I was trying to do Doctor Nick. Oh, Doctor Nick. Hi, yeah. everybody. My bad. Yeah. So. How have you been since you've been on it? You haven't been on in like a season and a half or so, right? Yeah. Yeah. People are asking about your button. Your, 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 that sounded bad. Your button. button. Your pause button. My pause button. Yeah. Tell us what you've been up to. What's life done to you? Um. So I moved to Washington away from Utah. Pretty sure a lot of people already know that though. And uh, I've been working on a few circuits around here for video games and... Uh, yeah, just trying to uh, get a bit of uh, more foothold in this state. So, let's talk about the video games thing a little bit, mm -hmm. as far as it being here. So, explain to people why Seattle's a video game hotbed. So, the Puget Sound is one of the largest areas in America when it comes to video game development and indie video game development, to where you can get the, quite a few jobs short of it anyways and you do what testing development um the two that i do right now are qa and data analytics right this, this is for one of the big companies right here because I, I should have asked you to name some of the big companies oh well shoot uh i mean a lot of my stuff is contractual and usually uh you know i work from home but yes there are some local ones uh obviously bungie for you know destiny sake and uh forget their name right off the top of my head but the guys that make halo now three four three yeah uh those are two of the big ones um epic is also here and they probably are known for their Fortnite right now microsoft is here oh yeah everyone knows that one nintendo is here nintendo mm, let's go make some pokemans because that that's the one that's here, right? The Pokemon Company is also here, yes. Yeah. It's a weird relationship because Nintendo owns the Pokemon Company, mm -hmm. but they don't own Pokemon directly, and they don't own all of the Pokemon Company. It's, so the, it's a joint venture. Yeah. So it's a Nintendo property that's not a Nintendo property. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. It's weird. Uh, uh, Valve. Valve is here, but how long has it been since they've made a game? Well, yeah, but everyone knows Steam. Yeah. Yeah, Steam lives here. But Steam is a platform, just like any other yeah well it's the best one well i would agree yeah um doesn't ea have an office here they do but it's ea yeah <laughs> but it's, it's ea it's ea not really development wise here so you so you still do gaming for a living has it killed your love of gaming no i i game to get rid of stress so i game a lot <laughs> so you wait wait hold on so you, you get stressed working playing games. Then no. Play other games to, <laughs> to no, get over it. I, I, I know there are a lot of people who are like, man, you play video games for life. You must be sick of it. But there is a total difference between I have to make this game look good, break people's stuff, and tell them fix it. Uh -huh. versus That's more like playing with a puzzle every day. Uh -huh. 
versus going home and getting out with your friends, cooperatively doing something or other things. Do you have to? Do you have to? Other things. Do you have to? Didn't want to say shoot somebody in the face. Oh, but. <laughs> I thought you were talking about those other, different kinds of other things. Yeah. Do you? Do you have to play like shitty games you wouldn't normally play? Yeah. Um, so like you're playing like they're... Elmo's ABCs when you go home. And like, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I have been lucky enough not to have to do that. Um, there are some local companies that like when you join up, you just do Elmo's what you ABCs. do. But most of mine being as I've been lucky enough to uh, get it more remotely, it's been with companies that are developing something I actually want to do. I gotcha. Well, let's kick things off then. So we have uh, quite a few emails. Not like quite a few, but enough. Hmm. And the first one is from, of all people, Skylos. Skylos is famous for saying that we talk about video games too much. Yet he wrote in for the video game episode. So he's probably... Actually, I know why he wrote in. Because he wants to hear us read his email. I could believe that, actually. So we're doing it first, so he doesn't have to listen to the whole episode. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) What about video games on for or wait sorry what show about video games on for what it's worth would be complete without at least a mention of the legendarily grumpy Skylos and his hatred for all things electronic entertainment? It might amuse you to learn that there are a couple sorts of games I will play. Tonight I played Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes yes. with a Coworker. Quite a lot of fun and all about talking back and forth to explain how to defuse the bomb. Is this one of those Jackbox games? Um no, but oh. you could say it, it had it the they same. have one like that, yeah. Yeah. I occasionally have the chance to play Rock Band or The Ilk. That's great fun. I like to play the keyboard the most, though I usually end up playing the drums due to lack of availability. I play Pump It Up sometimes more often than Rock Band. I find this game to be terrifically amusing and good exercise. Mm-hmm. Finally, casual games. 2048, a turn-based chance game I like to fidget with when I have to interact with other things lightly. Temple Run 2, a runner game that requires amazing concentration, and most recently, Tiles Booster, a timing shoot game that is good when you don't need your eyes on something else. What do these have in common? They're either distraction games on my phone, of the you-can-never-win type, or they're social and or rhythm dance type games that involve music, movement, and coordination. So maybe I'm not all bad. Maybe. Grump, stop wasting your time playing games for the sake of playing games. Play games with a purpose, socializing, music, movement. Thus say Skylos the doggy woof woof. Paw prints here. You can react. I'm skipping my first reaction privilege. Um, yeah, I actually love all those. Um, there are a few. You know, everybody needs a distraction when you're doing something. But uh, definitely have to agree with uh, things like pump it up. Oh, man. How did we meet again? You and I did meet through DDR, but so they're doing. I saw this up in Vancouver. Uh, Dance mm-hmm. Dance Revolution DDR. They're doing like an old mix, new mix thing. Mm-hmm. Didn't I send you a picture of that? You did. Yeah, it was um, like oh, it was versus. It was like something versus second mix or something. And I I was curious what their motivations would be because I I'm kind of on the outs with Konami who make the game because I'm still mad about I'm still mad about in the groove. Well, do you want to see what they are now developing? Who in the groove? No. Oh, it's Konami. Konami. Oh, they're developing shit. Didn't they? Okay, so they had all that drama about Hideo Kojima and stuff, right? Right, but... But, what is this? I agree with you, but... uh... What is this? Oh, yeah, I did see this. So, So he's showing me a DDR video where the floor is like... It's the entire floor. Yeah, it's like the whole floor is interactive, right? Yes, and there's a lot of shuffling and sliding that you have to do with it. It's about time. 
Hum? It's about time. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree with but that. But the no. question is, will the machine hold a fat ass like me? Because I used to be really skinny thanks to that game. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it actually, as far as I'm aware of from what I've looked into, yes. Because it's so close to the ground in the first place. Mm. Um, there, There's no need for that extra sensor because the entire floor, I think it's like... I thought I saw it like a six by ten or something like that. Where's the, where's that version? What version is that? Um, that that is not DDR. It, it, it's a I think it's called Dance Rush. Oh, but it's still Konami made. But it is still Konami made. It's their new thing. Um, yeah, I, I had actually tweeted out after I saw something, and Benami style got back to me with a bunch of stuff with it, and it's it's supposed to come out in March in Japan. Here's hoping it comes stateside. Mm. There's round. Is it round one that I'm thinking of? The really big arcade chain that has like a lot of import games like that. They have one down in South Center. I will. Um. Anyways, there's a chain that that imports rhythm games, and I'm thinking this might be one that winds up. Um, did you ever play Rhythm Coaster? Why does that sound familiar? It's the Taito one, um, where it's like a line that like goes up and down in 3D. Mm-hmm. But you have to like hit these. There's only two buttons, and you have to hit them, and one of them changes directions and stuff in time with, with this house-produced music. Yeah. Round, yeah, that is round one. That's the one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no. Uh, I bet you round one will get them. Well, might have to take a trip down there. Yeah, they have Jollibee, too. The best chicken. Oh. Jollibee. Okay. Chicken. Jollibee. Have you been there? No, I, Elsa's is the one I thought was the no, best. because it's, it's from the Philippines. It's good. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good. I had chicken. What else did he talk about in there? Uh, did, I didn't like pump it up a whole lot. I was okay with pump it up because of how how the stage was. It was different, um, but there were I th- there was a good song selection, and a lot of them because of the way the stage worked. There was a lot more freestyle stuff you could do, which you know me. That's what I like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this one, and it kind of bugs me. I can't think of it right off the bat. But it was actually a nine roll, so a three by three. So it had the center, it had the diagonals, and it had up, down, left, right. It wasn't Pump It Up Pro. No, it was not Pump It Up Pro. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it, it looked like a maintenance nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. It definitely did. What about um, what about those Jackbox-type games? Oh, so so that uh, keep topic, t- talking and nobody does? Yeah. Well, that that's a bomb defusal game. Yeah. One friend has the printed-out manual, and the other friend is actually working on it. Oh. We, we've done it before, like, everybody... You know, not in the same room, right? But we're playing. Someone's reading the manual. Like, well, does it have a red wire? I don't know. And oh, it may or may not blow up if you're good enough. It's digital, though, right? Yeah, it it it's definitely a game you can learn how to communicate better. Mm. It's like Overcooked. I love Overcooked. <laughs> oh, it's Over- so much yelling and anger. <laughs> oh, I, I I got too into it and I stopped. I don't blame you. <laughs> I what, but what about the Jackbox games? Do you like the Jackbox? I games? love the Jackbox. Games. I've tried to get Cookie on the show and he he declined. Okay, that'd be great that I have him on. He would be fun. If you happen to listen to this, just, just please come on the show yeah. once. That would be fantastic. Yeah, just fantastic. He uh, I, in my, in my personal opinion, especially for you, don't know Jack. He definitely makes the yeah. the game. But uh, no, all all of them are great. They're just fun to be like, hey, let's play Jackbox. Everybody knows what they're doing. If not, it's super easy to explain, and everybody can join in. Yeah, didn't didn't um Cookie do Fibbage three? I don't like Fibbage three as much as as one. The music was so perfect on one. I don't know. 
Yeah, you haven't played the new one, huh? I... Fibbage 3 is like all 70s. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's awful. It's not very fandom-y, though. But I guess that's what people in the fandom are playing, right? All right, let's go to the next email. This one is from Dark Technician. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? I don't care. Here you go. It's short. Okay, Dark Technician. Yes. All right. So, Get on the mic. so I'm still not completely sure if I'm able, or I'm sorry, if I am doing this right, and this is for the gaming episode, but I am Dark Technician. My personal favorite genre is horror. I can't exactly pick one specific game or part of a game though and i have multiple questions for whoever chooses to answer them questions what is your favorite game of your favorite genre why is it your favorite what is your favorite part and why huh interesting oh that's not fair for me <laughs> well you said favorite game and favorite of uh, favorite genre right yeah see i had i used to have like one i'd still have one but like for a while i had like one of that genre as my favorite like it was hard hmm. it was hard to choose yeah now my favorite game of all time is still kingdom hearts 2 final mix i'll probably never play it again because i'm an adult with grown, grown oh adult things gosh, to do find the time um but no it just had the right mix of difficulty story and gameplay for me okay i got you i so this is hard because I could honestly, I don't have a favorite genre because I play everything, but I could name a favorite in every genre. I'll pick your top three. I know, right? Um, but what I'll do is he said he likes horror. Um, now I've got to think one of my favorite horror games. Evil. Uh, they were good. They they were fun. No, I'm. Gosh, lately I'm all about the ones that have immersion better than, uh, oh no. Slenderman? <gasps> no, yeah. <laughs> we will. Uh, Five Nights at Fred Meyer? Um, that, too jump scary. Like, like jump it, it, it gets to the point where you know what's coming and it's like, Rawr, and you're like, yep, okay, I died again. That's annoying. <laughs> um, you know, I I would say, uh, let's, let's actually go with that. Some of the Slenderman games, those, those styles. Um, why is it my favorite? Because of immersion. It, you know, I get into stuff. That's why it's scary to me. Like putting myself in that situation and intensity involved, how things build mm -hmm. and make me panic. And to the point where I have taken off my headset a few times because it was too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? So I guess, yeah. Um, I mean, because when it's action, I can fight back. When you can't fight back, you're at the whim. And so I would probably say, honestly, my favorite one, at least right now, is one of them that I worked on called Dead by Daylight. Have you seen that? Uh, husband's talked about it. Okay. Four people are survivors. Four people with three fingers. Yes. <laughs> and one person is the killer. So you've got to complete objectives to get out, and it's just very intense. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're going to kill you. So it's it's pretty fun. People can get salty because it is PvP, but uh, yeah, it's the the first few times I ever played that, like for real, real not testing it, I was like, oh, they're gonna see me. Oh no, oh no, gotta hide. Uh. <laughs> okay, what else besides horror? Oh, uh, in the woods. No, I. Don't get me wrong. I, I I thought that that was fun for what it was, but right. that's not a favorite. Um, give give me a genre and I'll just name some. Um, well, think about it actually, because this email ties in with it. 
He says, hey guys, sorry this is hella late. For me, it's necessary for games to have a good story. I've always enjoyed choose-your-own-story type games. I like Telltale games a lot, and I'm excited for there to be more of them. Night in the Woods is also a favorite, and I feel it would still be even if it didn't have furries on it. For some reason, I tend to stick with Nintendo, although growing up, we had lots of PS2 games like Sly Cooper. Which is, I think this is what started my love of raccoons. Even though I tend to like Nintendo best, I played 360 games. I'm a big fan of the Assassin's Creed games and any game with zombies. Now, this is why it's relevant. In all caps, I love horror-themed games. Mm. One of my favorites was Alan Wake. It had a good story, and I won't spoil it for those who haven't played it. I think one of the main reasons furries like video games is the whole escapism thing some first have going on. Games let you escape reality for a little bit and do amazing and fun things or experience something you never could. At the same time, there's no risk because it's all a game. I'm not sure how to end this email. Moss. Good job, Moss. Proud of you. Alan Wake. I, I didn't play Alan Wake, but my husband got like the super edition. Yeah. He loved it. He loved it's, it's super well done. It's sad that they're not really doing anything else with it. Um... For for what it was, just Alan Wake itself, uh, Zotto actually went through it. Is that what they're going to call the show when it's over? What? For what it was. For what it was. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I liked it for what it was. <laughs> totally. Um, no, I, I think I'd have to agree with Moss. Alan Wake is a good one. The, the story, and once again, immersion, it's kind of Silent Hilly. Because mm-hmm. Silent Hill is amazing. Did you did you play Silent Hill uh, PT? Yeah, and was it good? Do you have it downloaded somewhere? Yeah, uh, my husband might need to go play it. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, totally. That a- again, that's just an example of being as we mentioned before of Hito Kojima and what he can do. Mm-hmm. I have my moments. I could go into detail about how that game made me uncomfortable, like to. Get in my bed and sit in a dark room. <laughs> Your little nose sticking out all wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. No, I know you whimper. I can imagine the whimpers coming out front of the bucket. I'm scared. <laughs> Scary. Are there any furry horror games? I mean, Five Nights at Freddy could be it. Uh, there are some that like will have werewolves, but I haven't really ran into one where it's like the hero is the furry etc oh you know what you just reminded me of for some reason hmm. what about that that daddy dating game <sighs> dream daddy that, is that what it's called it's called dream daddy Daddy, have you played this game because lots of furries love daddies um so i have not played it i watched markiplier play it uh because unfortunately i can't take those dating sim games too seriously now mind you i'll admit i have played some furry ones yeah for reasons um but i just you know what i thought it was a cute idea i love the game grumps because they're the ones that like made it sure. and um what's his Isn't name one of the Did, game grumps a furry someone in one of those bigger groups is a furry now like it's known it's like known um yeah so there are specific people that are part of the game grumps band that are furry that might be furry. I can neither confirm nor deny, okay, but I will show you a picture. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then, um, you know, what is, what is the appeal of Let's Plays? Because I, I think, I look at them on their face, and my initial reactions to go, they're dumb. But I get that some people really like them. I think I take issue with the copyright stuff, though. Like, So, I don't know why you would take issue with it. I mean, well, it's well, free promotion. 
it's promotion when it's a slice. It's not promotion when it's the whole game. Like a let's play from but start to finish. But it's not the whole finish. game. Well, that's not what a let's play is, though. It's not like I'm just going to play a little bit. It's a play through the game. Right. So, but you, isn't, isn't, you, isn't the value of a video game experiencing the game? Right. But here, here's the thing. You yourself just complained that you don't have time for video games. Sure. I don't have time to watch the guy play it either, though. See, and I do, because I've got two screens and that's going on why I no! am doing what I need to do. <laughs> I'm, look, if I'm on my computer gaming and I'm laying down roads in City Skylines, I ain't got time to look over at YouTube. I'm being you. mayor. <laughs> you can pause it. <laughs> no, because if your mouse goes to the other window, it just moves and scrolls forever. It's annoying. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Do it in... Do you have windowed list mode in that game? Uh, I think so. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, yeah. I think it does because that's why it's been built. But I don't know that game particularly. Uh, it's 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 a great game. I just say like I, either way, I wouldn't be watching YouTube. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I I just can't. the whole point of a let's play is to show people the game. But the thing is, is that's the point of the game is for you to experience it. It was just kind of like showing a movie. Like let, they why aren't there let's watch? Like, I'm going to sit down and watch a movie. You people, watch it with me. People try to do that, and that... Like, I, I get where you're coming from, and fortunately, streaming something like that, that's when the media goes, that's enough. Um, I I get where you're coming from, and, and it is kind of a culture thing, but the person's also entertaining, or can be entertaining. I mean, sure. to, to be blunt, the, the video game, like business at large is okay with it for the most part for the fact that it's literally free promotion because to, to give you an example okay like i i played through night of the woods mm -hmm. and i know some people are like oh night of the woods i love it so much i wasn't immensely like oh game of the year but i honestly was like okay that was very well done and the things the guy has done very well done i watched somebody else play it completely different experience Really, And other times, I don't care about playing a game, but I'm a little curious about it to see what it's like. See, I think that's all right, because you're you're sampling. You're getting like mm -hmm. a, a, someone's playing a demo, and that I get. I think it's more of, don't play the whole game on a Let's Play, even if you divide it up into chapters, because that's killing the point. I think I think there needs to be a balance. I think the way that it's it can't be the whole game. Like if someone if I made a game when someone came to me and said I'd like to let's play it, first of all, they would never do that, but they should. And then I would say, sure, I would like you though to not stream more than forty percent of the whole game's content. You know? Enough to get people interested, but not enough to give away the whole game. Because I remember at first I was kind of annoyed by it, but I thought about it for a while. Um, Sakurai who does Smash Brothers, when they did all the subspace emissary stuff and people were let's playing it they were they were doing that a lot and sakurai was like no that ruined it because people should go in and experience it for themselves mm. you know it's I, it, I feel like it's showing a movie and and i'm i'm not saying you're wrong i think there's a better way it's a, it's a contentious thing. People get the thing is, is why why can't I ever voice my opinion without getting yelled at about it? Like I've tried this with a couple people who were really love Let's Plays. So like you're getting on my case. I'm like I'm just asking a question. What's the difference? We, we all know people get defensive, dude. <sighs> so I, by the way, that's a great picture. Yeah, that yeah yeah. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Um, so don't get me wrong. Like your point is valid. Sure. It's just it, it's it's one of those. It's like lost in the pool that that is let's play because 
a lot of people like it for the entertainment of the person playing, but at the same time, like I stream a lot of stuff, yeah. and a lot of people come in because they like like the group I play with or just me doing something and screaming. Okay, okay, I see, and I can get that. It's like why people watch Rooster Teeth game, right? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 exactly, and 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 so like there there is something behind it, but from a business standpoint it's gotten to the point where they just look at it as free advertising because people are still going to buy the game. They go, wow, that was fun. But if you're not going to buy it, at least this is a way for someone to go, oh, hey, yeah, I totally wasn't going to buy that. But at the same time, I still get where you're coming from because a lot of people will send out a demo and say, please play my demo. Hmm. Food for thought. Yeah. Okay, time for break. We'll be back. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Wednesday, February 28th, here are your space headlines. Anyone who knows me probably knows my feelings on the existence of the National Space Council. It's a body that doesn't really have much power to make changes or create policy, and it's going to serve at the pleasure of the president, meaning when the administration changes, it changes too. That means any policies that the National Space Council might try to make can be swept away by the next administration. It just doesn't feel like a terribly effective group. But I'm trying to stay positive, even though Vice President Mike Pence has not shown a terribly strong love for the sciences in his history. Recently, the second meeting of the National Space Council was held, and some interesting things were announced. For starters, they want to cut the red tape for space industries. Immediately I'm skeptical, asking in my head what exactly does that mean? Well, they want to streamline what it takes to get a rocket built, put on a pad, and put into orbit. There's a lot of bureaucratic paperwork that goes into making all of that happen. For example, when ULA rolls out a rocket, they have to have a permit to launch at that specific site on that specific day with that specific rocket with that specific payload. Let's say they find there's something wrong with the ground support equipment at that site, but the rocket is fine. You might just roll the rocket back and move it to another pad, right? Sure, that's possible, but the application process of getting a permit or a license has to start all over again, and that can take far longer than just fixing the ground equipment. They want to make the whole experience smoother and simpler, where you just need one permit to launch that specific mission, regardless of the rocket or the pad, from what I understand. There are other regulations they're looking at that deeply hamper actually getting hardware off the ground for the purposes of streamlining or even removing. They're going to be taking a hard look at ITAR, International Traffic in Arms Regulations, which has for a long time stymied a lot of innovation. How? Well, if you have a company that builds an orbital class booster, like SpaceX, Blue Origin, or ULA, or even other similar technologies, you are considered a weapons technology manufacturer, because your hardware could theoretically be used for warfare. So intense levels of security clearance are required to work for any of these companies. Not to mention, they are all disallowed from hiring anyone who is not an American citizen. Rethinking ITAR could possibly change that, and welcome a great deal more international cooperation, like with China. I am hopeful that this proposed direction actually holds true, and it's not just a place for abuse to sneak in and gum up the works further. And I hope that any actual positive changes that are started can follow through, rather than get swept away by a changing of the guard. 
Only time will tell, and I really don't want to speculate if I can't help it. Remember the weather satellite, GOES-R, now called GOES-16? It's a high-definition Earth-observing probe used by NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Well, pretty soon, it's going to have a sibling, GOES-S, which will be renamed GOES-17. It's arrived in Florida and has been mounted on top of the Atlas V that will carry it into space. It's similarly equipped to its sibling and will do much of the same work, providing weather data for ground support, which will get shared with weather experts, not just across the US, but across the world. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, the primary launch window will already have passed, so either ULA put it into orbit, or it was delayed due to weather or technical issues. Here's hoping it doesn't scrub. So why is a shiny new toy like this so important? Because it has a greater suite of instruments than past satellites, just like GO-16. It can read hotspots in an active hurricane once every 30 seconds. That's extremely quick for a storm system the size we're talking about. And that kind of quick return means we can put together a better map of how a hurricane changes over the course of its life. That means we can better model, and therefore better forecast. It can even distinguish between snow, fog, clouds, volcanic ash, and a bunch of other different kinds of particles floating around in the atmosphere. This isn't just a shiny new toy. It's an instrument that will let us get a clearer snapshot of what's going on with this moist little mud ball we all live on, hurtling through space. If you want your weather reports to stay at least somewhat accurate, then you want this launch to go off without a hitch, and for future GOES satellites to keep advancing. Okay, so last show, I freaked out a little bit about Falcon Heavy. I can't help it. It was one of the coolest things to ever watch live as it happened. I only wish I could have been at the capes to feel the engine noise myself. Anyway, I said there was more to cover, and there is, so let's get into it. I had mentioned that the two side cores had landed beautifully at nearly exactly the same time, and they did. It was a sight to behold, and you might have heard that the Falcon Heavy is supposed to be very reusable, and sure, that's the claim. However, these two side cores will not be reused. One is a Block 3, and the other is a Block 4 in the Falcon 9 line. That means they aren't the latest variant of the booster. SpaceX intends to fly Falcon Heavy for actual missions in the future using only the Block 5 version, the final, rapidly reusable version of their workhorse. That means that any and all Falcon 9s that are set to fly, that are not a Block 5, pro tip, no Block 5 has flown yet, that'll be later this year, are going to be flown in expendable mode. They want to only be flying the absolute newest version of the rocket when they rapidly reuse it, either as a standalone or as part of the Falcon Heavy. And what about that center core? What happened there? Well, I'm sorry to say that it did not survive the landing. For the last couple of non-retrieved Falcon 9s, SpaceX was testing out a more aggressive landing burn, lighting three engines instead of just one, meaning they could ignite later, slow down faster, and need less fuel. This was specifically for the Falcon Heavy because the center core comes in so much faster than a typical Falcon 9, and everything was looking great, except the center core ran out of triethylborane, which is the fluid the engines use to ignite. Yeah, it's not as simple as a car, turn the key, fuel pumps in, and spark to ignite. You need a system that creates the igniting flame so that your main fuel and oxidizer can burn. If you've watched a SpaceX launch, especially at night, you'll see a green flash. That's what that is. And well, they just ran out, meaning it couldn't reignite all three engines intended for use. It came screaming in and smashed into the water at ridiculous speed, landing around 100 meters away from the drone ship, but the impact and explosion were still powerful enough to damage it. Don't worry, they'll get it fixed up. And they're adding a second drone ship to the Atlantic coast, calling it a shortfall of gravitas, joining, of course I still love you, to catch inbound Falcon 9s. 
This has been an extremely complex task to pull off. The center core itself had to be engineered from scratch, from the ground up, because of the added loads it was expected to contend with. It was so grueling and trying to get all of this working that Falcon Heavy was nearly canceled three times in favor of just directing SpaceX's efforts to Falcon 9 Block 5, Dragon 2, and the BFR. There was so much interest from clients that they pushed on through anyway. Oh, and I didn't get a chance to mention two other things that were on board the Tesla Roadster. In a box stowed somewhere inside the car is a package from the ARC Mission Foundation, who specializes in developing extremely long-lasting data storage devices for the purpose of preserving human knowledge and flinging them into space. Well, they had a hand in this flight. There was a 5D quartz disk on board containing the entirety of Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, since it's Musk's favorite science fiction novel series. And just under the Roadster is a large plaque bearing all the names of the entire team that worked to make Falcon Heavy possible. It's a touching little tribute to everyone who worked together to make that beautiful, historic flight happen. That's all for this round. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for more. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. Having a reaction to the show topic so far? We want to hear about it. Send your response to this episode and get involved in the discussion. Cast at forwhatitsworth.com. We will read your comments in the next release. And we're back. We hope you enjoyed news from space news from space and we're going to keep going with our next email okay I think this is from Maestro Wolf hello once again cast of for what it's worth I must say if there's one topic then get me to poke my head out from under my rock of perpetual shyness it's video games truth be told since this is the fifth time the topic's been discussed I'm not really sure if there's anything new I can bring to the table but hey might as well try you can always bring new stuff to the table Ah, video games. I remember back when I got my first ever new console, a Nintendo 64. It was such an exciting experience when I got it. I had an SNES before that, but I was too young to understand what I had. But the N64 taught me at the perfect impressionable age of, I think, eight? That video games were awesome. And simultaneously, that going outside by comparison was boring and sucked. Although I attributed Disney to one of the key factors to me becoming a furry, video games were not far behind. Growing up, the new, or I'm sorry, the few furry games I can remember consisted of Star Fox series, Donkey Kong Country, Conker's Bad Fur Day, etc. These titles, I'm sure, have all been mentioned before. Moving on to the present, unfortunately, I have not played many furry games, reason being the series has either turned to shit, stuck in development hell, just dead outright, or they're exclusively on Steam. Yes, I'm a console peasant, as some people would say. Ugh, that's no such thing. What? Be proud of your console, love. Eh. PC Master Race. The only two present-day furry-related games I've played have been two of the most enjoyable experiences, Dust in Elysian Tale and Night in the Woods. I could go into detail on either of these, but I'm sure they've been talked to death in the past episodes, so let's talk about other stuff. Honestly, if it wasn't for video games and furry gamer tags, PSN tags, etc., I wouldn't have met some of my closest friends, both furry and normies alike. 
Well, you guys asked for an email and I gave you a novel, so I think it's time I wrap this up, even though I don't think I gave a very coherent point to this email other than yay video games. And so <laughs> it is time for me to disappear back under my rock with Pew Pews, Blaze at Maestro, Tolt. I'm now going to be an old man. Oh, who's old? You know I'm you're old you. when someone writes an email in to your show and says, the 64 was awesome. And you realize that their first exposure to the video game world, 3D, was a thing. Mm-hmm. It was, it's just, it's as common as the sun coming up. Yep. Uh, old. <laughs> Your life sounds hard. It's very first worldly right now. Okay. <laughs> you get that though? Do you ever get that? You're like, let me tell you about video games, Sonny. But it's legit for him. It's a totally legit experience yeah. for him. No, and, totally. And I'm just like. <sighs> yeah, there, there are times. Like, to give you an example. You know, like, I, I didn't have a cell phone growing up. And now, like, the 12-year-olds have them. Oh, I didn't you either. Know? Yeah. It, it like that's when and and you were really into technology even at a young age so well yeah my dad my dad uh, helped design and test some of the touchscreen technology out oh, there yeah okay cool um but yeah that, that that's kind kind of what I'm pushing is that it moves on and even with video games I mean I know we're playing stuff on our phone that the Nintendo cartridge was. I know. You know. It's just weird to me to imagine, like... It's kind of like I think about this the same way when, like, I'm having... My friends are now starting to produce human beings from their genitals. It's yeah. really weird <laughs> to me because being a guy who likes guys, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm rubbing fire sticks together. I am not producing humans. And I think about, wow, they're not going to know what the world was like when you could just go through the security of the airport mm-hmm. to the gate. Like, that's really... That's so forever ago. And it's, I feel that way a little bit about video games. So there's someone born right now whose first video game exposure will be the Switch. Or the next console that comes out. Well, sure. That, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, someone today in the world picked up video games for the first time, and that nostalgic feeling will be the Switch. Yes. And for me, I'm like, that's insanity! That's what that is! <laughs> I did love my 64 quite a bit, though. And to be fair, it was the first one I managed to buy out of my own pocket. So oh, it has a special okay. place in my heart. I it was the GameCube. No, that okay. was, but that did come out after. Yeah. So I. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> timeline! I'm good at this. <laughs> uh, well, I think, and I got a Dreamcast too. So you know. Oh, good old Dreamcast! Way before your time. Oh, I know, I know. Actually, yeah, for uh, what is it? Nine nine oh nine. I put a thing up in my cube at work that said, "Never forget." Oh my God. <laughs> Never surrender. I just think it's funny because my birthday's in September, and you know it came out in September, so mm-hmm. uh, I always get reminders that it exists around that time. Oh yeah. It, it, yeah. It was, so what's up with this console peasant crap? Um, j- just depends on the way you look at it. I mean, technically Xbox is to the point where a lot of what they can do matches with the console, so. It's all about what you like. My, my attitude tends to be I will play anything on PC and my backing goes to most of the games I play that now are in eSports. So take fighting games aside because I will play fighting games with a controller any day of the week. No. But. No. I'm Anything <laughs> that is first person related, most of the time, such as Overwatch right now, 
everybody's on a PC. And your reaction time's better on a PC versus a controller. I'm still going to argue this till I die, at least right now. Mm -hmm. Esports. Mm -hmm. Let's get a better word, because sports implies some kind of physical effort. Yeah, mentally. Physical effort. Yep, mentally. No! <laughs> Mental <laughs> effort is legit. I totally get it. I get it. I don't think it's it's not as visceral, and so I think calling it a sport is not quite the you right word. Call it a club because chess club, you know, they got wedgies. <laughs> no, why can't we just call it like they call it a sport to be competitive? That's what sports word. are. I think there's a better word. Calling, I mean, I, it's pointless because it's never going to change now. No, it's not. Um, esports. It's it's weird. Like. It can be, de no, depending on how no, you look at it. the word is weird. It's like, what, AOL keyword esports? Like, <laughs> Your e brain is weird. <laughs> AOL's dead. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I totally understand, like, like Splatoon is becoming a, comp a competitive scene. There's a competitive scene. It's getting there. Smash Brothers is unfortunately there. Um, yes, there's an opinion in there. Mm. Um and, and I get like Overwatch, League of Legends, all these things have competitions, but let's not, I, I don't know, I don't associate, sports is things that like you see at the Olympics. There's not going to be an Olympics for video games for a while. So, actually, I beg to differ with that because there's a lot of support for esports being part of the Winter Olympics, but, so, you know how a <laughs> lot the of these, ones. these things at the Olympics need great hand-eye coordination? Sure. What do video games need? I get it. I get it. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. You're, I think you're just giving your opinion, and that's okay. I know, but I we we're getting there, and that is the fact that I don't think calling it a sport gives it the same kind of seriousness that I would give to like tennis. Right, but you don't take it serious. I but I because it's called an esport. Like <laughs> like if it was called like like battle to the death, I would probably care a lot more. Calling it an eSport kind of cheapens the whole concept behind it in a way. Okay. Because a lot of people hear, oh, e-whatever, and they're like, oh, that's some 90s AOL term. That's what I'm getting at. So what would you call it then? I don't know. That's the problem. Mm. We need a good word. And I'm, I'm happy to find a word. I just want everyone to agree that maybe we could call it something better because eSports just sounds like sports light. Okay. Cheap, cheap 1,000 free hours of sports. <laughs> Like, you are so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sports. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, because don't you remember when everything was like E this, E that, and then E this 2000? Like, Not everybody grew up in the 90s, okay? I know, but we're the ones that are paying for it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think just calling it like, like comp a competition. A tournament is fine, even because a tournament is great. Like you don't call pinball a sport, but there are pinball tournaments. Hmm. I oh, okay. So so to put it in in a different light, and I think that's actually a really good point. Um, it gets to like, do you know what Evo is? The giant fighting game tournament. Yeah. Okay. It just it just happened or is about to happen, right? I think it's about to. Ha I can't keep yeah, track Smash anymore. Brothers. There's so many tournaments now Brothers for there. fighting games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, what I'm even getting at is, do you see how organized that is? Sure. And you can still organize a tournament. I'm not arguing with that, but I think after it gets to that competitive level of money and organization. You classify it as a sport, just like I classified two guys fighting in an arena, gladiators. I would even be okay with it be called a V sport. 
because virtual because oh okay I can that, see what you did there because because it doesn't sound as cheap I mean E's just for electronic electronic sport they, I yeah I had a little electronic tiger handheld thing as a kid that, all right is that my e sports that. actually that's, mine that's, was a watch yeah <laughs> Tamagotchi now an e sport like but if you call it a V sport I think it it's it sounds almost the same, but it, it's different in the package that's coming in. Anyways, enough about me and being weird and old. Let's <laughs> read this email. Because you haven't heard enough of my voice. Dear Tugs, Rue, Guesties, and the rest of Football Crew, this is Rive the Rat writing. My gaming life hasn't been as super active as before. Exams really got in my way this semester, so I barely had any time to play video games in the last couple months. Thankfully, I own a bunch of portable consoles, so I can just game when I'm on the train to university or anywhere else, to be fair. But, to be fair, the only console I lug around in my backpack is now the Nintendo Switch. Because all the cool new games are coming out on it now. And since the thing is so darn convenient for my lifestyle, I noticed that I stopped buying games on my laptop and now game on the Switch exclusively even going so far as to rebuy some of the games I own on Steam to have them in my bag at all times. I'm going to pause. I've done that too. Hmm? There's a couple That is a normal thing. Yeah, it's great. It's nice to just have it there. Now, if only it lasted more than 10 minutes. Hmm. One of the games I happily double-dipped on is Night in the Woods. I didn't play very much of it on my laptop because it's so old and low-powered, I can't run a 2D indie game without ramping up the fans like it's getting ready for takeoff. The title appropriately features anthropomorphic animals, and tells the story of a 20-something-year-old cat called May who dropped out of college and came back to her hometown in the middle of nowhere. It's very personal to me. Maybe because I was also a dropout who came from bumfuck nowhere, who found out my old friends moved on with their lives and became adults, while I had no idea what to do in my life. There are so many parallels I could draw that it's kind of frightening. Although I never threw pierogi in my best friend's face or got involved in a murder mystery or stole a leaking battery from a car, but you never know. And yet, this game was also makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. It's something about it insanely welcoming and fun. A lot of it probably has to do with the amazing writing or the gorgeous art direction or the music or gameplay. But it also reminds me of the good things that happen when I come back home. It helps me reflect on my life and also have fun while wacky shenanigans and bizarre mysteries unfold in front of you. So, I give this game on the Switch my highest recommendation. Go play it. Please don't be like me, though. Also, I ran into a Russian guy during the game once and was delighted by him. I also picked up Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and I play exclusively as Isabel from Animal Crossing because she's the best, and don't you dare say otherwise. I'm saying otherwise. I thought I would also write in about Clono and how the series is criminally overrated and how I love and cherish it with all my heart, but I guess email's already too long and I don't want to get too rambly, so that's it for now. XOXO Rive. P.S. Sonic is forces is garbage and ruined tales forever. Shame on you, Sega. Shame. <laughs> Russian words, Windows 10. I want a pierogi now. Have you had a pierogi before? I love pierogies, dude. So, there's a lot of love for Night in the Woods. I have to tell you, I was not aware of this game until it came out on Switch. You know what's actually super funny to me about that? Mm. This game comes out... What happened to Undertale? What's Undertale? (laughs) Exactly. People don't take it as a mass. They just, hey, that's cool. Hey, that's cool. Hey, that's cool. And they're going to have their another... That's cool. I think one just came out on Steam about, you know, give me a second, I'll find did, the name. Did Undertale come about. out on Switch? What? Did Undertale come out on Switch? I don't know. What was your Switch? I don't have one. Peasant. Because I don't care. And plus, I, I think you're absolutely right, 10 minutes, and I blame battery technology. I don't blame Nintendo. No, they, they're doing the best with it. I really, you know, I don't think we've done a video games episode. No, we did. The Switch had just come out. 
um, or was about to, and I love the Switch because it's it's truly, I think, the the way consoles gotta go. It's nice to be able to take it on the go, but when I'm home, we get put that shit on the 4K TV. So it it is nice, but if technology is gonna keep up, oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we'll get to something eventually, sure. but. I, I also sometimes it's nice just to not have to deal with configuring your PC. Like I get it. Like I have, I have a nice gaming PC. I like oh, yeah. my gaming PC. It's nice. I'm excited to play Final Fantasy 15 again on it. Uh, at the same time, I'm gonna have to do some configuring and shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like using your phone to just tap out a quick text versus opening Microsoft Word and writing a document. It's kind of yes. Um, no, I, I I completely get where where you're coming from in that sense because end of the day convenience people are always going to settle for convenience yep and i i will argue that you don't need beautiful graphics to enjoy a game but at the same time when you do actually like see those beautiful graphics you might say otherwise oh yeah no i mean time, i think it's a time and place thing it's nice to have options at any rate yeah no totally um what are you, what are you looking up i trying to go through all the games. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, tell me about some of the research that you did. Well, I mean, what do you want to know? Well, you mentioned there's uh, race and... We haven't talked about this Final Fantasy V thing, which is why I'm kind of stuck on it. Oh, no. All all I was saying is in Final Fantasy V, one of the heroes that you don't play but is a part of, like, the old team was basically a werewolf or just a wolf. Um, And there's even a town that consists of them. And they were just in the game. As a normal thing. As a young boy, how did this make you feel? It made my pants feel funny. That's weird, because it probably didn't come out till like, well after 10. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I blame Ultra Beast for my furriness. Tell me tell me more about this. Were you just like, how old were you? And... Oh, I had a... I was a kid. Like, it was in an arcade cabinet, dude. What? Wasn't even on genesis yet because i think it came out on genesis Didn't, what about saber wolf like the character in oh the I, I would States. play him definitely you're like mm, bias furry mm. man well number two because n- number two they actually had him wear pants and there were things <laughs> there was what's things bulges shadows you could it's this is an adult podcast <laughs> sometimes i have to mouth it out yeah bulges i mean it wasn't huge but you know, no, no, I was I got, there. I got you. You know, so. they actually emphasize that he's a male. What about the king of all cosmos and his bulge? Na 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 na. All over my face. <laughs> <laughs> what are there uh, any? And because the thing is, what we usually have done in our past episodes mm. is we list like known furry games. Like, so here's the most super popular one that's out right now. Neko G She Cat. Yeah. What? Uh, cat gods, basically. What the, what's the premise of this game? It's it's like a dating sim. Um, but it's these three cat guys. I haven't played it because, again, I'm not the biggest on those type of games. Is like, it in English? Like Dream Daddy. Yes. Yes, you can get it in English, but they was just published that way. Um, that's the big one right now. Okay. It's on PC, right? I don't know if it's on anything else, but yes, that's on Steam. 20 bucks. Free to play. Ah, uh-huh. pay to win. Okay. <laughs> Spend ten dollars and you can go on a date with that cat. Have you? Have you knew here? This has been a thing on phones forever. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah. Again, it's I like 
Seriously, the whole loot box thing? Do I need to spend money on that? No? Cool, I can earn it in-game? I can have the patience. Do you pay for the crates in Rocket League? I don't play Rocket League. Get... What is wrong? A lot. We love Rocket League in this house. Good, you should. And you need to get with the... Let's go buy a Switch after this. Okay. <laughs> you go buy a Switch. No, you buy a Switch. <laughs> I, I bought... I have a bad habit of buying people Switches. Oh, Oh dear. Yeah, it's a dangerous habit. It's because I like gaming while I like it's so nice to just get together mm-hmm. at like furry parties or oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's like, all right, everybody got we we have managed to get the elusive eight switches in one room to play a Splatoon local player. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Have you seen Arlo on YouTube? Arlo. The, he looks kind of like a cross between Grover and Cookie Monster Muppet. Oh, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, the, the, they actually do some good videos. Yeah. It, I'm like, he's totally a furry. Um, give me one second. I'm going to go to YouTube for that just to make sure I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, so he does he does video game uh, reviews. He's kind of a Nintendo fanboy, Nintendo mm-hmm. leaning, I would say. And yeah, he's like just a giant Muppet. And... He reviews games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've watched a few of his things. And the thing I actually like about what he does, he does his research. Right. Very well. But he's totally a furry. I, I would be okay with that if he is. Ain't nothing wrong with being a furry. All right, so we haven't asked you about this one, and speaking of furries, but let's talk about Bowser mm-hmm. on the record. What about Bowser? Tell me your thoughts on Bowser. Bowser is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you really do admit on the air. Bowser is great. Yes, he's he's an a okay guy. Do you have sexual thoughts about Bowser? I mean, who doesn't? Or, I'm sorry. Should we call him Koopa to make you feel more comfortable? No, call him Bowser. Does dude. it does it does it get smaller when it's Koopa instead of Bowser? I, I don't know if you can tell a difference. Question. <laughs> terrible question. <laughs> what other what other games did you do research on? Oh gosh, there's a lot. I mean. Oh, like, uh, yeah, I just know know there's a lot out there when people are like, oh, yeah, there's hardly any furry games. I'm like, there are furries in okay, games. How do you find the furry games? I just, I have a plethora of everything. Do you go to Steam and type furry? Is you that- can do that. What? And there's a shit ton of I'm them. I'm doing that right now. So so to, to give you an example, there's, go, if, if you're looking up stuff, go look up Dropkick. Because there's this, like, big anthropomorphic badger guy that's smoking a cigar. And there is a furry character in it. It's not all furry. Um, But, I mean, look at recently. Monster Hunter came out. And look at the little kitties. They're so cute. You you can't play as one, but you can have one as a pet. And is is that what people want? They just want to play furries? I don't know. See, because I'm just like, oh, my God, he's so cool. And go, yeah, but that's what I'm talking the about. What fuck is this claws of furry? I don't know. Check it. Punch and claw your way through 40 fast-paced levels of pure mayhem. It's probably awful. Honing your ninja cat skills in order to rescue your master from the evil claws of an unknown enemy. It's a box of kitties! Alright, okay. too much, too many cats on this game. Next! Yeah. <laughs> too uh, many cats. Major, minor, stories. Don't do that one. Cat quest. Just a personal thing. Fits the fox. Ha <laughs> ha! Um, red. The 10th line, Super Furball. Welcome to Moritone. Bedfellows. Of course Bedfellows is in here. Why not? Yeah. Animality. Amorous. See, see, so I'm looking at this, and it's like, okay, there's furry games, but these are pretty terrible. Yeah. Look it. A good furry game comes out every now and then. 
I mean, flat out. And in fact, there used to be this arcade one. That, do you remember the Dungeons and Dragons arcade game? Yeah. Okay, take that, but it was a furry one where you would start out as a normal person, but then, like, your life was kind of weird, like Gauntlet. You know, Gauntlet counts down no matter what you're doing. Yeah. It was kind of like that, and then when you hit a point, you would turn into your animal self. Huh. Yeah, it made me laugh. The last boss was a dragon. Blue balls need food badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I guess there's that Claws of Furry on the horizon. Is there anything else on the horizon that you're aware of? Nothing that's super in development right now. I remember there was a fighting game in development for a while, but they unfortunately ran out of money. Whoever was doing the animation was actually doing a pretty good job. Hmm. Unfortunately, just they... They didn't budget right, as we talked about earlier on a few other things. Right, right. Okay, well, I, you know, we've been going at this for almost an hour now. Cool. Yeah. you have anything you want to say before I transition back over to Rue and I in the mailbag? Um, I don't know. Is, is there something I should say? That you're going to bring the pause button back? If, if that's what people want, I will bring it back. If you want him to do it, we can have him do it again. You just got to write it and say so. Do it. Oh, hey. Nope, that's 2014. What? The old game that I was just talking about, Be- uh, Beast Fury. Mm, Bestiality Fury. Okay. Stop. Um, yeah, if people want me to do it, I can definitely record a segment. Okay. He's spoken. Let us know. All right. Anything you want to share? What's going on in your life before, you, before we head off? I live in Washington now. <laughs> <laughs> and... The Seattle freeze is real. It's nice seeing you, though. I'm glad we got together. Mm -hmm. We'll do it more often. Yes. All right. Well, here here we go. Break, and then we'll come back for some mailbags and things. Here too. I didn't go anywhere. He's, I've been here the whole time. You're the one who decided to go out. 
Well, you know, sometimes foxes just have to go fat. <laughs> they do. Wow. Anyways. Well, this is the last segment in which we do the mailbag. All right. We've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. Yay. So we have a couple of emails that have been sent in to us. Our first email is from Rivet. Rivet said, hi again for what it's worth cast. So I technically have a body modification due to a birth defect. I used to um, used to be tongue tied. Um, when I had the surgery to fix it, it resulted in my tongue having a slit. I have had thoughts about getting furry tattoos, but I haven't been um, really known to get uh, what to get. Any suggestions from Rivet? P.S. Sorry if my email is everywhere. I wrote this at 6 a.m. in the morning. I didn't know tongue tied was anything but a cliche. No, I I know that there's actually people that have that birth defect. I, yeah, um, and I, they had to have it like clipped or something. Yeah, it's a short, tight band of tissue tethers the tongue's tip to the floor of the mouth. Huh. And they have a hard time talking because of it. Well, wow, that's that's kind of crazy. Well, um, I love my tongue. <laughs> I don't know. Did you have any well, responses to the rest of this email? You know, I do. Um, as far as furry tattoos, and I've already said this on the show, so I feel like I've repeated myself like seven times. But um, what I would do is c completely something that would be t of a typical fox to do. And that is to put two paw prints on my uh, the sides of my butt. So then that way, people know and have instructions on what to do. In case that I'm in that situation. Okay, so you say that and you said it for years. But really, really, okay. I, I want, I, like, let's be serious for a sec. If I approached you with the skill set and ability and a tattoo gun in my hand you would really really want that or is it just something that you think is cute i just think it's funny okay. um to be truthfully honest um i don't think that i would want a tattoo um i just i like myself as it is and i don't i don't see why i need to put a permanent mark on my body i i just i guess that's just where i'm at okay so let's turn this on its ear what if your boyfriend wanted to get a tattoo? If he wants to, then he can do whatever he wants. Okay, good. As far as that. Good, good. Now, if he decided that he wanted to start smoking, that would be something probably a little bit different. I mean, like, as far... I mean, if he did, like, e-cigs or something like that, I probably wouldn't care. But, you know, if he did, like, heavy, like, I'm going to go get some camels, you know, type stuff. Um and cigars and so um i would probably have a hard time with that and, and it's only because i i've kissed smokers in the past ew that's so bad isn't it, it it's just really hard <laughs> guys look i know that we have smokers out there guys and gals please don't get offended that i feel that way the, the, well i'm the ugly truth is smoking stinks and it's not hot it's just not cigarettes are gross they may look sexy to you, and I get that appeal of being a badass. They stink, though. They stink, you know, and they come out in your sweat. You know, I've actually had something happen quite recently where 
this individual was like, yeah, let's get on, let's go do stuff. And uh, and then all of a sudden they like said, oh, hold on one minute. Let's let me let me stop what I'm doing and I'm going to go out for a smoke real quick. It totally killed the mood. 100%. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> Let's get back to the email. Furry tattoos. If you don't know what to get, then you don't need a tattoo. That's the bottom line. Tattoos, I have I have two, and I'm getting ready for my third. Tattoos are things that you will have on your body for the rest of your life. And some people will say, well, what about when you're old? Well, that's great. I'm not living my life to be old. I'm living my life to enjoy it. There's a difference. So my rule is I have to want it for three years before I can actually get it because sometimes it's it could be a fad that I think is not a fad uh the three-year safety rule is is there for a reason if I still want it after three years yeah I'm probably good to get it like for instance maybe later on I mean who knows I know there's a lot of bronies out there please don't hate me either but you know if all of a sudden that um I don't know maybe my little pony no longer becomes popular <laughs> it's on its way already you know, and then all of a sudden you have um, this pink pony on you, and then, you know, you grow older, and it's like, why do you have that pink pony on you? <laughs> Three-year waiting room. All right, next email. You want to take it again? Sure. It's from Rose. Rose said, I honestly want to become a furry, but the way um, we were brought up, we were taught that the furry fandom was just a bunch of sexual deviants, and I feel like... If I tell my family um, that I want to be a furry, they will think that I am a freak. I don't know what to do. Please help. Sincerely, Rose. So, I... I have questions. I know a little bit more uh, about Rose. Um, I'm going to say it just like this. Did your family support you when you came out and said, hey... I identify more as a woman than a guy. Did they did they support you? And I think that your family did. Your family was still there for you. I know your family. Um, I'm probably speaking way too much because I I know you. <laughs> um, uh, you know, if you went out and said, I'm a furry, I think that they would accept it and they would be fine with it. So, I have questions. Number one, where are you going that they're just having classes about furries and being taught? Because that's an interesting thing. Like, do you know what I'm saying? We were brought up and taught. By whom? When did this come up? Why is this a conversation? But that aside, since I'll never know the answers. Um, you know what? It is it is what it is. If you think that they're going to make a bunch of assumptions about you versus just react chill because you're chill you know you don't come out about being furry it's just a thing you do which is not a whole lot of advice um but that was good advice but love yourself that's the advice yes exactly that's some advice that i gave out recently don't live your life for others live your life for yourself because that's the only way that you'll be able to be happy in life you know someone i've been emailing with um, they put this in their signature and, um, it's, it's something I said to them and it's, uh, what I said was love yourself and do what is healthy, not just what others expect. So there's I your think advice. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next email mm, so from Shanae. Shanae says, 
Deer, Rue, Tugs, Core, Firebreath, Voss, and Guesties. I'm a new furry who is a short-haired, dark tabby house cat with Labrador Retriever ears. So far, I've just done local meets, and I don't know if I'm up for going to a con. I also suspect I'm more of a hobbyist when it comes to the fandom, because if I, I'd fit the lifestyle of the definition pretty well if you changed the subject to golf. I picked up a golf club as soon as I could walk. My love of golf led me to study turf grass management, and my current job is an assistant course superintendent. I try to play a little golf on every vacation. I've got a large collection of hats, shirts, balls, haha, and scorecards with the names and logos from many different courses, some of them world famous. I know lots of golf trivia. If I'm playing a course for the first time but have previous experience playing on other courses designed by the same person, I get an idea of what to expect, and I was on my high school's golf team all four years. Now I'm wondering if you should do an episode about fun things furries do, aside from video games. This world needs more fun and laughs. Nose boops for everyone. Shane. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, you would definitely be a lifestyler if you had all the furry stuff like golf. But really, it's up to you on how you want to define yourself. If it seeps into all the parts of your life, then you're probably a lifestyler. Yep. Like, as far as, far as with me, with lifestyles, I'm a lifestyler because... I mean, you the people that I hang out with are furries. The people that I enjoy my, you know, putting time into are are with furries. Yep. I spend my weekends with furries. My boyfriend is a furry. Uh, you know, that's that I think is um, kind of what a lifestyler is. And you know what? And that's okay. Everybody's at a different level in the fandom. And if all you like is just to come and hang out with some of us, that's cool. That's fine. All right, next email from Miski. Miski says, Hi, peeps. Miski chiming in again. Well, not, it's not particularly furry. I recently got my first tattoo, which I wanted for at least eight years, and it's not a small one. I designed a dragon with a Celtic knot tail and decided I wanted it tattooed on my back when I was still a teenager. I promised my mom I wouldn't get a tattoo until I was 21, but I didn't remember the part where she said she'd pay for it, so I missed out there. I promised myself to get the tattoo last year if I successfully got a job on a trout farm, which I applied for, and I did. The dragon's trout-like spots and golden belly are supposed to celebrate this. I feel like it's important to commit to an idea for a decent time and find the perfect tattoo artist before getting it done, because it will be with you forever and it has to be right. The idea for a second tattoo is based on a fursona. Miss Hyde the Tiger has a very tribal-looking set of stripes, including subtle Celtic knotwork on her bum and haunches. I like that she wrote bum. And I thought it would be nice to actually have some of these markings. However, I have no bum. No. However, I have one hour left to go <laughs> before my first tattoo is finished, and I'm not looking forward to the pain. I almost gave up after the first two and a half hours of my first sitting, but I managed to make through all four hours with my boyfriend's encouragement. If I do decide to get my tiger stripes, it might be another eight years. Tattoos are an expensive and painful luxury. Any whore, woohoo! I'm looking forward to the show. Take care, peeps. Miski. Yay! She's right. Tattoos hurt like a bitch. They do. Well, I guess it depends on where you get it, right? It does. It does. So one of my tattoos wrapped around to my shin, and that part on my shin, I was just like, oh god! Like I needed water, and like I had to, I had to have my artist stop for a second and be like, okay, okay. Like I was so shocked by how much it hurt. My mouth went dry. Huh. So, yeah, it, it hurts, uh, but it's it's wonderful at the same time. It's wonder bra. It's a wonderful, the whole um, the whole pain. No, it's wonderful, the result. I'm not into pain. Yeah, I'm not into pain But either. But she's right. She's right. You need to have the tattoo idea for a decent amount of time. But congrats on the trout farm. How much did you pay for your tattoo? Which one? 
Um, the bolt one. The bolt tattoo with tip cost me about a thousand dollars. Oh wow, that's a lot. Well, you got to tip your artist. Yep, definitely. And it was also keep in mind she was not the fastest. I probably overpaid a little bit, um, but it was two sessions, um, and I had to wait for my tattoo to heal between. And I thought it would be less painful the second time. No, no, it hurt so much more the second time. You Why know? did it hurt so much more? Is it because it was... The skin was fresh and new and tender and soft. The thing about it, this is what my tattoo artist said, though. She said, look, if if every, if tattoos didn't hurt, everyone would have them. When you get it and you go through the pain, it's part of the ritual. Some people come in here and moan like they're getting fucked. And some people freak out. And some people are quiet. It doesn't matter. It's all part of, yes, this is totally worth it. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm laughing at your response. For well, reasons. Because you want to get fucked? Uh, well, yes, always. Anyway, so Dee Dee ended up um, writing to us. Dee Dee said, um, I wanted to share this because I thought I might amuse and inform maybe both. I happened to be in a McDonald's having a coffee and a gingerbread blondie was listening to season seven, episode four. Um, when you announced that it was McRib season, I was excited, but I didn't recall seeing them on the menu. So I googled McRib and discovered a McRib locator. It listed restaurants in Pennsylvania and West Virginia. The nearest McDonald's I knew of that had McRibs confirmed was in um, Pittsburgh. I am in... Um, Let's see. I'm in Canada, and so it didn't help. Just to be sure, I rechecked the menu. Sure enough, no McRibs. So sadly, it was not McRib season everywhere. However, I could have ordered a maple and cheddar chicken sandwich or Parmesan and garlic fries for the holidays. Best wishes, D. <sighs> ah... Did I tell you, so McRib season. Did I tell you um, my McRib me, story? Yeah, go ahead. Um, but before you do, I do want to mention, um, I would absolutely love a maple and cheddar chicken sandwich. That sounds amazing. And Parmesan and garlic fries. Okay, go ahead and share your story. I should go try those next time they're out because Canada's only an hour away. Um, uh, so the McRib story, I was going to FC... And there is a McDonald's in Mojave, which is this, it's where the airplane graveyard is, which is really cool, by the way. And I was, they had the screens where you can just order your meal with the don't talk to me machines. I love them. And on the machine, it said McRib. And I was so excited. And then a stamp appeared on top that said sold out. I missed the McRib what? by a week. That's What? I'm so sorry, Tugs. Let, that is depressing. The the anger and howls of pain were were. I was butt hurt for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with my McRib. Ah, oh, you missed out on the McRib. So terrible. D, I'm with you. Let's be honest, though. The McRib is lips and assholes in Canada. McDonald's. Number one, it has a maple leaf in the M, and I think that's just super cool. But number two, Canadian McDonald's is so much better than American McDonald's. So much better. And they have poutine. Uh, so you, you, if, unless you want to eat lips and assholes with barbecue sauce, you're probably doing okay. 
But to those of other people who love McRib like me, you could tell us it's made of horse shit and we'd probably eat it because it's just good. McRib, not horse shit. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Sorry. Um, just read pot. the next email. Yes, they're so good. All right, I'll read it. I'll read it. You do the last one. Okay, next email. Timid Grizzly. He says, hi, Tugs. I like the idea of what are you grateful episode theme. I jotted down a few thoughts that might be useful. I am grateful for the small things every day. A warm, secure house, drinkable running water, a refrigerator, and stove to prepare meals with. I'm grateful for friends. Beings who enjoy spending time with me without a thought of what they can get from me. I'm grateful for the society I live in with all the fantastic benefits, the safe streets, the internet, the wealth of knowledge I can access, and the furry community. But most of all, I'm grateful for the courage I have found myself to make myself into me. In this world, where mean-spirited people make their presence larger than their numbers, where so many suffer from the lack of food, shelter, and a sense of purpose, where a few are social trolls or bullies, where war destroys so much that has been built to elevate humans above the tooth and claw of the jungle, I choose to see the current times as a dark time we are going through, a time that teaches us lessons that will elevate all of us to be better beings, more focused on the awesomeness of living and not the fears. In the present, I choose to be a kind-hearted being, a good friend to others, and look forward to the great positive changes to come. And I'm grateful for all the time and work you put into making into For What It's Worth. It's a high point of my day when a new episode is released. I hope you enjoyed your recent visit to Utah. Signed, TG. Yay! He's right, you know. Was that? He's dead right, you know. He is. It's, it is with everything going on in the world. And I, the thing about this is I'm trying to say this in such a way that it applies regardless of if it's listened to in the next year or in five years, you've got more going on than you realize safe running water is a big deal. A lot of people don't have that. The internet, the ability to listen to this freely, all of that's pretty damn awesome. You know, there's many countries out there that you know this podcast would be completely like they can't listen to this podcast yep you know they can't listen to free media at all there's no such thing as free speech and so for us to be able to have something like this to be able to say what we want to you know post what we want you know it's it's grateful i'm grateful Mm -hmm. to be able to have have that and to be able to have my own mind and be able to speak my mind versus you know, being told what I have to think in or get shot in the streets. That's right. So good job, TG. You've got your heart in the right place. So we have another email from Mafalme. She said, hello, everybody. Mafalme Lion here again with some talk about tattoos and body modifications. I'm tattooed. I, I am tattooed myself. Attached is my only tattoo at the moment. Um, with a small Simba tattoo on my upper arm. I plan on getting much more tattoos, including my whole arm, to be covered in Disney tattoos. My fiancé, Marshmallow, also has tattoos, but my favorite one of his is actually a tattoo of Mafalme over his heart. Whoa. This inspired me to get a tattoo of his angel dragon Marshmallow on my heart. And... My other planned tattoo is actually for what I for for after I get top surgery. It is a tradition in my family to get a tattoo of a bee. My family's last name means beekeeper. 
So I keep on, I plan on getting a tattoo of a bee flying across um, my chest right by the scars to just um, to distract, but also to glorify my decision on top surgery. Any whore, I think tattoos are really cool. And as long as they have, uh, they serve a purpose and it isn't just art, I think that they are a good idea. I don't really have a question to follow my statement, but here's a quick one to answer. If you had to get one tattoo, what would it be and why? Thanks, guys. Mafalme Lion. I think we've answered that already, haven't we? Yes, we have. Hmm. But I, I do have a comment. Um, you know, your body is your own. I think it's great. Um, and you know what? I think it's great when you have somebody that's in your life that means so much to you. Um, as an overall recommendation, at least as far as you know, coming from me, I would highly recommend not having um, somebody like your significant other um, across your heart or different things like that. Um, that I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, they are engaged. Um, so that is yes. kind of fair. Yes, they are engaged. But, you know, you never know what happens in life. You know, things... I mean, and I'm not speaking specifically to you, Malfalme. I'm just saying in general, you know, when people say, you know, get their girlfriend's name tattooed on their, their arm or different things like that, you know, later on what happens is sometimes there's breakups or, you know, there's a lost loved one. That, that happens down the road and, and things change in life. And, and instead of it being a, a, a beautiful reminder, it's a, it's a painful reminder. Right. And so I don't know. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Tugs, do you agree or disagree with me? Um, well, I think what you're saying is kind of true, but I don't think it applies explicitly to just tattoos. I'm kind of superstitious in the sense of like, uh, there's a story that comes to mind in my friend. She was dating somebody and she gave him a plant and she said, this plant is to commemorate our relationship. And they were doing fine until the plant died. And, really? <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of that it's like, you better be damn sure that if you're going to get something tattooed over your heart, that you're committed. But in my family's case, my family's committed. So that's all good. You know, I did want to point out though, that I thought that it was really cool that you're going to incorporate your scars uh, with your um, with your tattoo to um, to to put it in there to to make it part of the tattoo itself. I think that's really unique, yes. and uh, um, I think that's really cool that you're doing that. Yes. Uh, so I think that's it for the mailbag. There, it's closed. It's been zipped back up. Yay! Like your pants. All right. Well, that means it's time for house creeping, right? Yay. So what do we need to talk about in house creeping today, Mr. Tugs? Well, as always, we want to thank our support cast, Firebreath and Voss, for supporting us, doing lines, engineering, packing stuff up, unpacking stuff, uh, and the like. Of course, also thank you to T for being our guest. If, Like we said in his uh, part of the show, if you want to see the pause button come back, say so. I say so. I want it back. Is that enough? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, also, make sure that you comment on our site. It definitely helps out with our traffic. Um, Twitter, um, iTunes, whatever you can do to, to help support us. Uh, we've definitely seen some individuals spreading the word and getting um, our episodes out there. And we really appreciate that. I mean, we, we really want to be able to help as many people within the furry community, but also people that don't know about the furry fandom. And that's what the show is about, is to help people to learn um, more about the show. I mean, not more about the show. Sorry, learn more about the furry fandom. So there you go. Uh, you almost <laughs> had it perfect. Uh, so, I know. So, so tell a friend. Tell a friend, uh, furry or not, if you, if you like the show, uh, so we can get more listeners. More listeners means more write-ins, more variety, more interesting topics. Uh, also, before I forget, we need idents. We're at idents. What's an ident? Go to forwhatitsworth.com, click do our ident. It's the station identifier where you go, hi, I'm Tugs, and you're listening to For What It's Worth. And then we'll play it. I like ponies or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you do. Um, Um, Also, you know, uh, oh, you know what? I think we're at the point of the next episode, right? No, no. One thing left. Join Telegram. We have a Telegram (sighs) chat. We have Patreon stickers. We've got all kinds of things in there. But mostly people are just having a good time. We talk about the show. We talk about whatever. Uh, It's just a fun little community. Uh, So can I ask you, if I wanted Telegram stickers, what level of patron do I have to have? Uh, You would need to be on the $20 or higher tier. So at $20, you get one sticker a month. At $50, you get two. And at $100, you get to choose the poses for all of the stickers, and they'll be randomly assigned. Wow. Uh, Yep. Speaking of uh, Patreon, I wanted to make sure that we did our appropriate worship since we didn't do it with T. So, in no particular order, we have to thank for this episode Artorias Ichisake, Rifka, Hot Sauce, Cody, Loki Mutt, Guardian Lion, Meteor Showers, Hot Free Porn, Go Now, Swift, Skylos, Snares, Abuga, and Simone from China. Thank you, everyone. It makes a difference. You think it doesn't, but it does, because Rue's about to get paid back for the microphones. Yay! <laughs> I can actually live! <laughs> Rue can eat ramen! Yay! Ah, no, but it but does no, mean a lot. Seriously, we really do appreciate it. Like, uh, for years, me and Tugs have been doing things out of our own pocket, and, you know, we've debated back and forth, because we didn't want to make it into, you know, one of those, like subscribe and um comment and and like and stuff like that like that that's not what we were going for we just wanted to create something because we loved it and we love the furry fandom and we wanted to put our hearts out there and you know we debated back and forth of doing this but i do appreciate you guys supporting us um it it really helps us you know as far as the financial size side but it also helps us to be able to do more um for the furry community yeah totally does so uh yeah that's uh that's all we've got for house creeping so the next episode we are going to be doing it on asexual that's right if you are into the letter a now is your time i make that joke every time so in other words asexual would not have rue in that particular definition is that correct ducks i I think you're more of a you're more of a z (laughs) <laughs> I'm more Z-sexual. Yeah. Thanks, Tugs. <laughs> or you're just S- so, or you're just sexual. S- 
actual healing. All right, Tug. So what do you want to hear from our audience about asexual? Well, so here's the thing, Kate. I am approaching it like this. I like sex. Rue likes sex. Most people I know like sex. Then there are these people who don't care at all about sex. And for the longest time, my naive, uneducated mind said, well, something must be wrong. Sex is amazing, aren't we? Don't we have a biological imperative to reproduce? Shouldn't that be so strong that you want it almost as much as eating? Well, yeah, for most people, but there are people who don't have this drive, that don't care about sex. Do they want emotional companionship? Yes, but do they need to stick it in you? No. I'm curious about that. I'm sure some other people are curious about it. So now's your time to write in and say, hey, I'm an asexual and yeah, it, I do get treated different or what is asexuality? How can you be X, Y, or Z or whatever? Send your emails. We really want to have a good episode on this one because it's a sex episode that's not about sex. <laughs> I think it'll be great. It'll be a great episode. So please feel free to, like you said, um, send in as much emails as possible. We definitely need your guys' support. So, so this has been Rue. This is Tugs. And this has been For, for what, what It's, it's worth. worth. I did not stick that ending. <laughs> ah. All right, should we stop? Oh.